Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Spirit aside. 
when we see this world as we know it today, it is so many ways to harm someone. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at, matter of fact, when you go further back into the stories of the Bible, you'll see how the children of Israel had the whole world given to them by God. But yet, what did they do with it? <laughs> they turned around and disregarded the word of God, where it says in the scriptures, don't hate thy brother in your heart. That's going right back to this word we're talking about right now, malice, because they hated one another in their heart. That's why they disrespected one another and went against the laws of God by sleeping with each other, wives, husbands, by killing one another, committing murder, by having hatred and an intent to harm one another, by either putting their hands on them, by taking their money, whatever the case may be. This is the evil intent that God's trying to tell us here to lay aside. The next word we see here, see here is the word guile. Guile is going right back into that trickery spirit, that sub, subtle spirit like Satan has on him, and he puts on other people. These are the demons that out, that's out here in this world today as far as uh, tricking people and deceiving people with the intent of causing harm to someone, just like the word malice. It's all malicious acts to put harm on people. All right? The word hypocrisies, is going right. A lot of people know what the word hypocrisies is, but to be a hypocrite is what it's going into. All right, and we understand according to the word of God, the scriptures tell us we can't teach don't commit fornication, and we ourselves are committing fornication. You're the definition of a hypocrite. Exactly. All right. So if you're out here teaching that you a man can't sleep with a man or a woman can't sleep with a woman, and you are doing these things, you are a hypocrite. So these are the things the Most High God is saying, lay aside. We have to lay this kind of spirit aside, meaning we can't roll in that spirit. We can't deal with that with that um, kind of spirit. Now we're dealing with the word envy, all right, which is going into jealousy. And we see this today. Scriptures tell us about fret not because of evildoers, right? Because evildoers, when you look at the world today, a lot of them are getting money by any means necessary. All right. There's a lot of materialistic gain going on in this world. A lot of people want to be players, pimps. A lot of people want to be celebrities. A lot of people want to be athletes, but they don't want to follow the word of God. But yet they live in, you know, lavishly. All right. They live in a good life. So those that are in the spirit of God, we can't fret not because of evildoers. We can't worry about what they doing. You know what I mean? We got to stay in the spirit. So the most High God saying stay out of that spirit. We can't roll in that spirit. We can't operate in that spirit. Then we got the next The next word is going into evil speaking. So God's saying we got to lay aside evil speaking. A lot of people in the churches, right, out in this world today, that is, don't really know what evil speaking is, right? A lot of people, especially in the Christian world as we know it, not all Christians, but the majority of them in the Christian world today, they look at evil speaking as you telling them who they really are, you know? So, for instance, if an individual is a fornicator and you bring out that you're a fornicator and the scriptures tell you thou should not fornicate, but yet you're a fornicator and you call them a fornicator, they'll get mad at you and say, stop calling me names. You're evil speaking me, evil speaking of me. Well, especially if you're saying it to somebody else. Exactly. So they're getting offended. If you're running down the street everywhere you go and you're sleeping around with all these women and this is who you are and you mad at me because I'm exposing who you are and you're supposed to be in the church of God and this is what you're doing? How am I evil speaking? Speaking you, brother. 
or sister. I'm only telling the truth. I'm not telling lies. You're offended because you are who you are and you don't want to be exposed. You see, that's not evil speaking. No, you're evil for the intent that you're involved in, for, for that spirit and that demon that's on you and that you're operating in. You're evil. The person that's calling you who you are is an evil. <laughs> evil speaking is going into a lie, a slander, tell-bearing, things of that nature. If I'm calling you a fornicator, if I'm calling you a homosexual, if I'm calling you a thief, a robber, and you're not those things, that's evil speaking of you. All right? Read First uh, Peter 2 and 1 one more time. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile mm-hmm. and hypocrisy and envies and all evil speakings, really? as newborn babes, the desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Mm-hmm. If so be, ye have taste that the Lord is gracious. All right, stop there. So, verse 2 goes, as newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So, it's no different than a child that was just born and the mother's breastfeeding this child. All right? That's the lifeline to that child to receive nutrition, to live, to grow, to become, to become, you know, to grow just like we did. Look at us now. We're adults now. We were little children at one time. Now look at us now. We're grown. It, it gives you nutrition. You grow and you become bigger and stronger. That's, that's your lifeline. So the word of God now is that. This is your lifeline. Let me get a scripture on that too. Yeah. Just to make everybody get a quick, clear understanding of what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, Hebrews 5.13. I want to go right to the point. Hebrews All right. 5.13. All right. This is Hebrews chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 13. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their sense exercised to discern both good and evil. So the difference there between chapter 13 and 14 is the chapter 13, the ones that's, that's, that are using meat are those that have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Mm-hmm. So a babe that's using milk, he doesn't know how to discern good from evil. Mm-mm. So... When you look at the term you are uh, good from evil, that's knowing right from wrong. And what tells us right from wrong? The word of God. The commandments of God. Mm-hmm. So a babe, the, the baby steps is learning the commandments of God and applying them, repenting. Mm-hmm. And as you read on, it, it, it kind of explains it also when you read on. Read on to 6 and 1. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. See, the principle, that's the basic. That's the foundation. The principal things is the foundation, the basic things you're learning. Mm-hmm. Read on. Let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance. See, the foundation mm-hmm. is repentance. Exactly. I mean, knowing good and evil, learning right from wrong. That's the baby steps. That's the first thing you got to learn is the commandments of God exactly. and learning how to apply them. Repenting. Mm-hmm. Basically, to put it in a nutshell, repenting. That's, that's the milk. That's the baby stages is repenting. Exactly. So I'm going to read it again. Yeah. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. 
See, so that's the foundation. The foundation, the baby steps is repentance. Mm -hmm. So as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word, meaning learn the commandments, learn how to be righteous, learn what you're doing wrong, and repent. Exactly. And apply the right things. Exactly. That's that's the milk. That's that's the foundation. Let's go back to First Peter two, and when we read this again, now you're gonna see when we read verse one. I want you to read First Peter two. Um, start at verse one. Okay, first Peter two and one. Yeah. Wherefore laying aside all malice, all guile, and, and hypocrisy, mm -hmm. and envies, and all evil speakings. As, I want to say another quick thing on that too. Yeah. Because the reason why the most high the, the spirit is coming out with these these main things at first is because when you come into the church, these are characteristics that's going to be in the church that's going to cause what? Problems. Exactly. It's going to cause strife, going to cause a lot of things to go on and and, and <laughs> really going to turn the church of God up, upside down, going to have all type of beef in the church. So that's the first thing you got to deal with, you know, the most high is letting us know. I'm going to read that again. Yeah, yeah. Wherefore, laying aside all mm -hmm. malice, all God, and hypocrisy, and mm -hmm. envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, stop there for a minute. Now, I'm glad you went to um, Hebrews and then you explained what you explained. I'm going to expound on it a little bit more to make it even more clear if it's not clear enough. Because the evil spirit of verse 1 about, because he's saying lay that aside, like the brother said, that evil spirit is out here in the world. Yeah. All right. Now, when you're coming into the word of God. Like you just broke down as far as uh, bringing out the word of God about the foundation of repentance, right? You have to receive that. That you have to be sincere as far as receiving that sincere milk of the word, the desire of it to grow thereby. Because when you read the word of God, it's going to keep you away from malice, guile, hypocrisies, envies, and evil speakings. You're going to learn from the word not to be in that spirit to grow thereby. Because if you're not Taking that milk like a little baby not taking that milk from the mother, is the mother is the, is, is the baby gonna grow if the, if the baby doesn't take that breast and, and and suck the milk from that breast? Will that baby grow? No. Now at that time, if the baby don't take from that breast, what eventually is gonna happen to that baby? It's gonna become mal malnutritious and it's gonna die. Exactly, that's the whole point. So what's gonna happen to the world if they don't take this word and take it in as milk? They're gonna die. <laughs> They're gonna die, and that's the whole point. Because if you stay in that in that state of being malicious and having deceit in your heart and be a hypocrite and jealous, that jealous spirit and lying on people all the time, eventually you're gonna die because you're not taking the words of Christ and changing your life. The foundation of repentance, right back to the milk. Mm -hmm. You have to want to take this milk in, or you're gonna die. So read verse, uh, verse 3. If so be, ye have taste that the Lord is gracious. Because the Lord has mercy. You see? Yeah. He came, for those people that's in that spirit, he came to say, brothers and sisters, stop being, um, stop being malicious. Stop having that intent of hatred in your heart. Stop being a fornicator. Stop being a homosexual. Stop being these things because the Lord is gracious. Because if he wasn't gracious, <laughs> you'll be taken out already. Yeah. So he's trying to tell you, repent. The idolatrous practices that you're doing out there, 
And the word is coming out and showing you that it's idolatry, that you're in the form of idolatry. You need to repent because the Lord is gracious right now. But if you don't come up out of that spirit, then you got another thing coming. Read verse uh, 4. First right. Peter 2 and 4. Mm-hmm. To whom coming as unto a lively stone, as unto a living stone, yeah. disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Now, check this out. To whom coming as unto a, a living stone. So people look at that house, the stone lives. <laughs> you see what I mean? So today's topic is called spiritual house. How are we going to become this spiritual house? Because it's not a house that's built with hands. We're talking about something spiritual, something that's alive, something that gives life. So we're going to show you according to scriptures that this is talking about us as individuals. As you read the scripture here, if you lay aside those things we read earlier, you becoming that lively stone. You becoming part of that temple that's forming. You're that lively stone with other members that's forming the temple because they're lively stones too. So they're building that temple. Read that one more time. Verse 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone, this allowed indeed of men. Because just like, well, when we read further up, but I'm just going to go into it anyway because I, I got to say, to be disallowed indeed of men is letting us know that we're going to be rejected. We're going to be rejected of men. We're going to be denied, refused. You know what I mean? Because that's what the disciples, they were rejected and refused. They went out there and taught the word of God, but yet they were rejected and refused, just like Christ was. They rejected Christ. They also rejected the men of God, too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the thing is, we're going to be rejected. We're going to be despised, but yet and still, we are that lively stone, period. Read it again. First Peter 2 and 4. Mm -hmm. To whom coming as, un as unto a living stone, Disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Mm -hmm. Read on. Verse 5. Ye also, as li lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, verse 5 says, Ye also, as li lively stones, are built up a spiritual house. So, like I was saying, now we as lively stones. We're building up that house, but this house isn't a physical house as far as cardinal house that we're putting together and building. It's talking about a spiritual house, meaning individuals that are building this house, okay? We are all part of the temple of God. We are, that's why the scriptures always talk about we are the temple of God, because every one of us is that lively stone that builds up that spiritual house. You want to go to that scripture? I'll let you go to that scripture. You want to go to the scripture now, Romans? I'll let you go to it. We're going to go to Romans chapter 12. Um, and I'm going to read verse 1. All right. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Right. The reason brother went to that scripture was when you look at... Uh, First Peter 2 and 5 It says ye also as, as lively stones Are built up a spiritual house mm -hmm. And holy priesthood To offer up spiritual sacrifices Acceptable to God By Jesus Christ 
So it's telling us we're offering up spiritual sacrifices. And we know in the scriptures, when you read uh, in the Old Covenant, the spiritual sacrifices that the, the sacrifices that were offered at that time was animal sacrifices. Exactly. But now the scriptures is talking about spiritual sacrifices, which is why we went to um, Romans 12 and 1. Because mm-hmm. uh, Read that again for me one yep. more time. I'll read it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, ex- um, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So that's the, our sacrifice now through Christ is us repenting. Mm-hmm. And putting on the mind of Christ, stop the dead works that we that we were doing in the world. Mm-hmm. Stop committing sin. Stop uh, being a fornicator. Deal with our hatred, our malice, our anger, mm-hmm. our lust, our, our idolatry, the different things we um we like to do mm-hmm. or we went after in the world when we was in when we was the children of darkness mm-hmm. and following the course of this world. Now that we're in Christ, we got to give these things up. And, and be born again in Christ. That's why we present in our body. That old man is a sacrifice. That old man got to die. The things we used to love to do got to die. The things that we did that's contrary to the commandments of God got to die. And mm-hmm. we got to become that new creature in Christ. Exactly. I want to go to another scripture to build on a little bit more, too. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. And let's read verse 13. We're going to read the word of God. Even though the brother brought it out, I, I still want to read it. Hebrews, I mean, excuse me, Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Read that. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Yeah, so just like you brought out, right? Mm-hmm. So we understand that if you was a fornicator out in the world today, you can't yield your members to do that again now because you're in Christ. We can't do that. We need to dead that. We can't be that individual no more. You know, people out here that's also abusing their husbands or abusing their wives or abusing their children. The scriptures tell us not to be that. So you can't be that no more. You know what I mean? So now you got to yield your instruments now unto righteousness, unto into God. Right. So the thing we have to do. Because you made that statement, is we got to stop the dead works. Exactly. Because I'm going to read that verse again because it, it used the term from death to life. Because exactly. we're lively stones now. Exactly. What are the, what, is, what represents being dead and what what makes us alive? Exactly. Verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, mm-hmm. but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive <laughs> from the dead. Exactly. So the dead we were was when we were doing dead works and we were in sin. That's right. But now we're alive spiritually because we're doing the works that are righteous in the eyes of God. So he said, but you yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Exactly. Read verse 6 for me. Romans 6 and verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. So when Christ died on the cross, he died, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So now our old man that was out in the world, a fornicator, a player, you know what I mean, a whore, a abuser, um, you know what I'm saying, all these wicked things, a thief, a robber, whatever, all those things that we were once in into the world, idolatry, right, we're supposed to dead that. Our old man's supposed to be dead, dead, 
Not alive, but dead. Now, read on. I'm going to read that again on yeah. verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. So when he was crucified on the cross, that fornicator was crucified on the cross. That murderer was crucified on the cross. Because that's that's who was really supposed to die. That's right. Not Christ. Exactly. It's the image of what took place. People are getting so caught up in the image of the cross and, you know, he died on the cross, our Lord and Savior. Yes, that's true. He did die. But understand the message behind his death. You see? And people are not looking at that, and they need to find that. But read that again. Romans 6 and 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. So that man has to be destroyed. That's why Christ died. It was symbolic of our sins dying with him on that cross. Read on. I'm going to read that again. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. (laughs) So we shouldn't serve sin anymore. But the whole world looks at it as Christ died on the cross and we're forgiven. Yeah, we're forgiven. Just like when a woman that committed fornication in the very act of adultery, she committed this fornication, right? Got caught. And the Most High said, you're forgiven, but don't do it no more, right? Mm-hmm. All right, then. So that means it's the same thing with our sins today. We can't do it no more. Here's a process. We got to grow and become stronger, just like the baby with the sincere milk and becoming stronger and becoming a, a, from adolescent stage to that young man or young woman, whatever the case may be. You got to grow. We understand that. There's a process of growing and becoming mature. But this is something you have to become mature in, or you're not going to make it to the kingdom. Exactly. You're not? Go ahead. I'm going to bring out one more on that. I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but in this mm-hmm. case, you got to be beaten. Yeah. Because this point, it has to be brought home. Um, First Peter's 4 yeah. and 1. We one. We'll read verse 1 and 2. All right. First Peter chapter 4, verse 1. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. Because to suffer in the flesh, when you have things that you like to do, and that temptation comes on you to do those things, mm-hmm. and you're withholding yourself from doing it, you're suffering in the flesh. <clears throat> That's right. So we have to have that mindset, that mentality, that when our desires come on us, we're going to suffer because we're not going to indulge in it. Mm-hmm. So you got to prepare yourself to suffer. You got to prepare your mind to to uh, endure the temptation. So that's a form of how we're going to suffer in the flesh because we're not going to give our flesh what it lusts after. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, verse two, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but but to the will of God. And when you're when you're keeping yourself from sin, you're doing the will of God. Mm-hmm. And that's how that old man is dying. And that new man is coming alive. Because you now you're living a different life. You're walking different, you're talking different, and you're doing different things. You're doing the things that please God, and you're trying to walk in that image of Christ. Exactly. And not in the in the lust of men or, or the things you used to like to do or the things the world is doing. And the thing we always talk about when dealing with this subject is always talking about an individual that's on drugs and going through withdrawals. You know, it's a hard thing to overcome your lust, man. Yeah, very hard. Because it's not the word of God. That's why some people look at the law as kryptonite. 
They don't want to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? They're looking at it like, no, the law, nah, the law is done away with. Or they say they can't do it, some people. Because Christ is the only one that can do it, right? Mm -hmm. The reason why that spirit's out here in this world today, because they don't want to look at themselves in the mirror and really deal with the withdrawals that they're going to be faced with. You see, nobody likes to look at the mirror and say, you know what? I know I got a lust problem with women. You know, they don't want to admit that they have a lust problem with women. They don't want to admit that they're a pedophile. They don't want to admit that they sleep with beasts. They don't want to admit that they're murderers out on the street. You know what I mean? They don't want to admit these things, so they don't want to look in the mirror at who they are because they're afraid to look at who they are. And they don't want to deal with the withdrawals they're going to have when they try to face their, their person in the mirror, their demons. They don't want to face it. It's too hard for them. But it ain't the law that's hard. It's the lust that's inside of you that's drawing you to make you feel like you can't win or you don't want to deal with it. That's not an easy thing to deal with. But we have to face it and be accountable for our actions. If you want to be a part of the kingdom of Christ and you want to become that lively stone, if you don't want to be that come that, well, excuse me, become that lively stone, then, of course, you're going to say, well, to hell with it. But those out here in the world today, as we see the world today, as calling themselves followers of Christ or Christians and things of that nature, they have to take hold and be accountable for their actions and don't deny the lust that's inside them, but they have to actually fight and suffer those things like you just read in First Peter's. So with saying that, you finished with that right now? Yeah. All right. I want to go to... Uh, we left off at First Peter's two and five. Let's go to First Corinthians now. Let's go to the Book of Corinthians, First Corinthians. We're gonna to go to chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three, and we're gonna start at verse verse six. So that's First Corinthians. We're gonna to go to First Corinthians chapter three and verse six. Now, people, you know, you, you gotta really, really. Take heed to what the word of God is saying And when I'm saying Because we always use the word people a lot We're referring to those out here that are, that are listening As far as like some of these people out here Out in the other churches Out in the other, you know, outside The truth of God They think they're in the truth But when you really examine these scriptures And understand that Some of these things we're bringing out Some of these things you're guilty of And you need to repent Study the word of God for yourself And find out if you're in the spirit Of these things that are coming out today and also, you know, we have people inside the body of Christ, inside the truth, and do have understanding, but there's some things sometimes you don't realize that you're in the spirit in, in the spirit of, I'm sorry. So now you have to look at yourself, and you have to also examine yourself and repent. So now we're going to start off with 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and read verse 6. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watered, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planted and he that watered are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. I'll stop there. So... Paul is speaking here in verse 6 where it says he's planted in a polished water. All right. So when you go on in verse 7, it says, Now that he that planted anything, not that he that water, but God that gave the increase. So 
just to just to give you a short uh, brief understanding on this, because we understand a lot of people out here get so caught up in the hype as far as them teaching the word of God, and when they plant that seed and another individual may water that seed, these individuals boast themselves up and think they're somewhat in somebody. And we went into this a little bit of this last week about boasting on being a, um, a chief high priest, boasting on being a bishop or, yeah. or, or a king or a ruler or overseer of churches or to be somewhat, you know, um, like a God, if I will, and receive that glory of men, you know. You're not doing jack if you did come to serve the Most High God. You, you're not important. What's important is the word of God and the Most High God and Jesus Christ themselves. We're just a messenger, you see. But people get caught up in that position and think it's all about them, and they want to be glorified as someone that's great. Yeah. But that's not according to Scripture, what we're reading here, right? No, not at all. Let's read it again. First Corinthians 3, reverse 6, all the way down to 9 one more time. I have planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watered, but God that gave the increase. Now he that planted and he that watered are one. So they're one. He that planted and he that watered are one. Read on. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Yeah, so the laborers of the Most High, the service of God that sent out to build this spiritual house, because this is what the whole story is going into. You know, these men that's out here building this spiritual house, first of all, we can't think that we so great. All right? It ain't about us. It's about the word of God that's increasing. And we're just messengers of the Most High that's bringing this word out. But that man that planted is also doing the word of God. He planted that seed. He might give you a little bit of understanding. Here comes another man that's watering it, giving more understanding. Right? So... You're, you're going to receive your awards. Both individuals are going to receive their awards from the Most High God for the labor that they put in. Exactly. It's just like somebody might be listening to the Blog Talk radio show right now, never listened before. I was going to say that, yeah. And um, they receiving the word mm -hmm. and they're getting some understanding. You know, they listen to what we're saying. They're reading the scriptures. They're getting understanding. Mm -hmm. Now, they might uh, attend a class or something, mm -hmm. and somebody else is teaching them more and teaching them more. They go on YouTube and go to our site on YouTube, and they're learning more. Now, they're being warded. Exactly. But if God is not opening up their mind to understand, they won't get nothing. They're not going to get nothing. You know, they can lessen all they want to, and they, they're just going to be confused, and they're going to continue in whatever wickedness they were doing before. But... If God opened up their minds and they get the understanding that what they're doing is evil and that they need to repent, then that's the Most High that gave you that understanding. And as you learn more and learn more and get more and more understanding, that's the Heavenly Father in Christ that's opening you up and giving you that understanding. Because if it ain't for them, men could talk to they blue in the face and you won't be hearing anything they got to say. And it's not our seed in the first place that's being planted in the first place. Yeah. Because the seed is the word. That's right. So it all goes back to it anyway. Regardless if you plant it or take that water and water it, that water wasn't ours either. None of it is ours. It's uh -huh. given to us to give to those out there to repent like it was given to me and you. Exactly. One day it had to be given to us. Uh -huh. You see, no one's going to lose their reward. If you put in the work, you're going to get what you put in. That's just the way it goes. But we have to understand that if we're teaching those out there, you probably never heard before that you couldn't be a a, a, a a fornicator in the house of God. It sounds crazy, but some people don't really know that probably. You got some people that don't know that a man can't sleep with a man. Some people really don't know that. 
Some people don't know you can't serve Christmas or Easter or Thanksgiving. Some people really don't know that, right? So then when you plant that seed, like you said, and you we're teaching that like we're teaching now, and then later on, you might get hooked up with another set of brothers that's teaching the same thing of repentance, and you're getting greater and more understanding. It's being watered now. And now God's giving you that understanding to grow even more. So read, read on. Read verse, uh, read verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. So he's comparing it to husbandry, and he's comparing it to a building, right? So back in this time, they were comparing it to, like, farming and things of that nature because that was the life that they was living, so they could understand it and take it and identify with what, what uh, Christ is saying. You see what I'm saying? So he's saying that, all right, you go into a field, and you look at the word husbandry there. What's the precept you got over there in husbandry? Um, Number eight. I had to get my glasses. That's all right. It says tillage. You got to get your glasses. It says tillage. <laughs> so right back to tilling the field, you crazy. So you, you plow in the field, right? You overturn the dirt. You dig in the dirt. You turn it over. You mixing it. You getting the ground prepared, the soil prepared. Then you plant the seed, <laughs> and then you water it. Yeah, I know. And then you water it. So, yeah. so this thing that's going on is showing you that the work that's being put in into this farm is showing you, hands on, now you look at it spiritually, the work that we put in is the same thing. We're in that field and we're working together. It ain't one person in the field doing all that. Yeah. You, you got a field of servants out there doing the job of the field. So he's comparing that to husbandry. He's comparing that to a building. Because now we're going to that building, right back to that lively stone, right back to that... Uh, to that spiritual house. It's being built. It's being formed according to the scripture. So read, uh, read verse 10 and 11. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another build thereon. But let every man take heed how he build thereon. So this is Paul speaking. He's saying that as a master builder, as a wise master builder, because we're supposed to be wise master builders in this word. Because it's all about building. What are we building, brother? <laughs> building the church of God. Building the church of God. So he's teaching us that the foundation has to be laid first and how to build up on that foundation to build this lively stone, excuse me, to build this house of God by these lively stones, by living stones, right? So read verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, this whole world as we know it today, they say they build the foundation of Christ, excuse me, because they use the word of Christ. But according to what we know and what we see, this is why we got a show that we call it today, Can You Handle the Truth? Mm -hmm. Because we have a lot of people using the word Jesus Christ, but then got these Christmas um, reefs, got these Christmas trees with a star up there, got Thanksgiving with a turkey. Easter bunny with laying of eggs, but they got Jesus Christ's name up there. They have a white image of Christ with blue eyes, blonde hair, look effeminate, and things of that nature. But that's not the real foundation of Christ, right, brother? No, that's amazing. So we understand that they, they're not laying the true foundation of Christ, but that is a doctrine of a false Christ what we went into last week and about preaching another Jesus. Then we have other people that don't even mention Jesus Christ, and they lay a foundation on their belief. And think they're going to make it to the kingdom. 
So we have to be real careful on how we build this house of God and according to the word of God, how we teach those out there to become that lively stone like we're reading about today. Because these other these other um, doctrines are not even teaching teaching people to become lively stones, mm-hmm. according to what we read. Mm-hmm. So, what is the foundation of Christ? I want to go into that now, and then we're going to take a break. I just want to lay the foundation of Christ. Go to two scriptures, and then we're going to take a break. Let's go to Ephesians chapter four. Scriptures we went into last week. Okay, Ephesians chapter four, and we're going to read verse eleven through thirteen. Ephesians 4 and 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we went, we went through this last week. All right. How the most high, you might as well say, just like in a time when Christ was on the scene with his disciples and he sent them out two by two to every city. And what was he teaching at that time, brother? Uh, repentance. That's right. Repent. Repent ye for the kingdom of God is at hand, right? Yeah. So this is what our job to do now. This is our duty, you know, as an apostle, as a as a prophet, evangelist, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and the edifying of the body of Christ. That's our duty. That's our reasonable service, as you read in Romans 1. On Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Now read verse 13. So we all come in the unity of the faith. Meaning we all, the body of Christ, come into the unity of the faith. Meaning faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Which is going right back to having faith in the son of God and his word. And that is real. And these are the things that we must follow if we want to become that lively stone and become part of that building in that spiritual house. All right, so read verse 13 again. So we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Now, how do we become that perfect man? Now we see the scriptures that even the world as we see it today, the world say that Christ was the only man that could walk perfect. Christ is the only man that walked this earth not committing sins. Can that be what he's talking about? Can that be what Paul is bringing out here in Ephesians 4 as we read it now? I'm going to read it again. This is Ephesians 4 and verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You want to bring us up now? No. no, no all right. Fine. Let's go to 1 John to, to give you that answer. We went to this last week. First John chapter two and let's read verse four through six. So this is first John chapter two, verse four through six, and it's gonna give us the answer of what the scripture is talking about. Yeah? Okay. He he that said, I know him, and keep not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Just like our topic, as always, you know, can you handle the truth? Because there is no lie in the truth, right? And he that say, if I know him, meaning know Christ, and keep not his commandments. So if you don't keep Christ's commandments, you don't have that personal relationship. You are a liar, as the scripture says, and the truth is not in you. Mm -hmm. You can't handle the truth because you can't handle what the law of God says. 
because of the lust that's inside of you not to want to repent. Read on. But whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Yeah, because these churches always talk about the love of God and say you got to have the love. But we understand it here. <laughs> Read verse 5 over time. But whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. So we understand. We just finished reading the first verse up. It talked about the laws of God, the commandments. If you don't have that, you a liar and the truth ain't in you. Excuse me, ain't in you. Exactly. So that means if you don't have the word of God in you, that means you don't have the commandments to even have that love. That's what these scriptures are saying right here. But the people got to understand what the scriptures are saying. But whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. It's giving you the definition on how to be perfect, brother. Did, did yeah. you not see that in that scripture? Yeah. Read on. Hereby know we that we are in him. Read on. He that said he abide in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. So what's the answer? We got to walk like Christ, man. We got to put on Christ. <laughs> we we understand that it's not an easy thing, right? Yeah. Because of the lust that's inside of us. I mean, it's easy because the word of God is written. Just do it. But it's the things, it's that, it's that man that's inside of us that is so bad, you know, that wretched man that we in, that we are, that Paul talked about, because our minds are so wicked and all we want to do is meditate on what's wicked in our minds and act them out. That's what makes it so hard, people. So when we look at Christ being out here in this world today, when we look at Christ when he died and came and died for our sins and he walked perfect, he walked without committing any sins. So God is telling us, the scripture is telling us right now that we got to walk as he walked. So when you go back to Ephesians now, please read Ephesians 4 and 13 one more time, brother, and then we're going to take a break. So we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So that's the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ of what he talked about. Because did Christ commit fornication? Did he commit murder? Did he have a malicious um, mindset to want to do all kind of ill will and evil to you? Did he do these things? No. He didn't have hatred in his heart. He didn't have he didn't have these things that he fell victim to of, of his mind. He had thoughts, because the scriptures say he had thoughts, but did he fall victim to these thoughts? No. No, he did not. So this is the thing that we have to look at in Christ and be equal to that measure of him. Which we got a we got a hard job to do out here. And a lot of people got, got to really understand, do you want to become this lively stone? Do you want to be part of the spiritual house of God? Can you handle the truth? You want to say something? No. And with that, we're going to go to break, and we'll be back. Yo, I, how long these devils think they're going to escape, man? Go on and expose them. Reverends doing witchcraft and abominations. They say they're of the Lord, but they're the friends of Satan. Spiritual wickedness. 
in high places. We got devils walking around with human faces. Divining witches and psychics will bring a curse. But what's worse is cats are teaching this up in the church. Filthy lies and blasphemy is what it is. The most high said he would not suffer a wish to live. So we examine and reprove all these simple demons. Now get your Bibles out, cause it's repentance season. Submit yourselves to the will of the most I might. Open your eyes and turn from darkness to the light. Tune in to From Darkness to Life on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BOCC. Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Repent from witchcraft and the occult. Shalom. If you enjoyed today's program and you live in the Atlanta area, then we invite you to continue your studies with us by attending our weekly Sabbath class. Our Sabbath class will be taught every Saturday afternoon beginning at 4.30 p.m. If you'd like directions, please call us at 877-871-1712. That number once again is 877-871-1712. Now back to today's show. If you would like to contact us or learn more about the Body of Christ Church, you may do so by calling, emailing, or by visiting our website. Our telephone number is 1-877-871-1712. Our email address is bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Ureach is the letter U, followed by the word reach. So that's bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Our website, thebocc.com, contains our telephone number and email address, as well as audio and video biblical lessons and other information geared toward edification in repentance and good works. Again, our website address is thebocc.com, so please feel free to connect with us today. The brothers from the Body of Christ Church in Buffalo, New York, would like to invite you to our Sabbath class held every Friday evening from 7.30 p.m. until 9.30 p.m. The location is 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. Once again, 7.30 to until 9.30 p.m. Location 282 Winslow Avenue in Buffalo, New York. So if you're in the Buffalo area, you're always welcome. Remember, Christ said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Thank you. In today's world, people have been deceived and their minds have been polluted by the doctrine of devils and many tools of Satan. When people are confronted with the true word of God, it is very difficult for them to handle. John 8 and 32 reads, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Come and join the Body of Christ Church every Monday at 8 p.m. as the true word of God is rightly divided for the edification of the church. 
and ask yourself this question. Can you handle the truth? Shalom, brothers and sisters. Anyone that's just tuning in, today's topic is a spiritual house. Um, so we're trying to lay down the foundation of Christ and build the spiritual house as we, as the bodies of Christ, each individual being that lively stone that builds up the temple of God. Okay? Read verse 11 into verse 12. This is uh, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So we're going to pick up where we left off at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, dealing with that spiritual house and, you know, us being the messengers of the Most High as teaching this word by teaching individuals out here to repent and turn back to the living God and learn of his ways through Jesus Christ and become that lively stone. All right. So this is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and read verse 11 and verse 12. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So this is important to understand that, brother, when you see verse 12 where it says, Now if any man build up on this foundation, first of all, what foundation again are we talking about? Christ. And what are we building again? We We are bringing in brothers and sisters to the doctrine of Christ. We're bringing them into the body of Christ. Yep, going right back to the topic of today, a spiritual house, that lively stone, because to build up on it, we all have to be that lively stone, individually, you know, that stone, that lively stone, building up the spiritual house. Each each person that comes into into the uh, the doctrine of Christ is mm-hmm. uh, is another brick exactly. in that building. Exactly. So let's read uh, verse 12 and 13 one more time together. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. So now he's letting us know these are some of the things that's going to be built up on the foundation, right? Mm -hmm. All right, read on. Every man's work shall be made manifest. But what's his work again that's going to be manifest? His work are the people that's coming in. Exactly. Now, compared to, I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, compared to, I'm just trying to get people out here to think for themselves and see where I'm going with this. Because when you see the gold, the silver, precious stones, wood, and hay, and stubble from the story we're reading right here, every man's work shall be man, made manifest, meaning the, the pieces of gold, the silver, the precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble is going to be manifested. So it's symbolic to the individuals that's coming in. So it's gonna be it's gonna be manifest whether that person's a piece of gold or whether he's a piece of hate. Exactly. Read on. Um, verse fourteen. 
Uh, read verse 13 one more time. I'm sorry. All right, verse 13. Yeah. Every man's work shall be made manifest, mm-hmm. but the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. <laughs> so the people got to look at this. That means the fire, right, is going to try every man's work from what we just read in the scripture right here. Now, when you look up, we finished looking at what he's comparing the work to. Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble. So the fire is going to hit all those things for what we just read, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I want you people out there to really pay attention to of what is coming out and the message that's coming out. You know what? That scripture also makes me think of uh, mm-hmm. when you read that scripture where it talks about uh, in Mark 4 chapter where it talks about... Uh, some fell among the thorns, some fell among stony ground. Yep. And it sprung up and it had no root in it. Exactly. And when the sun came up, it withered away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all symbolic to the same thing. It's all metaphorically speaking. It's all going to the same spiritual message. It's all the same thing. Just like we went into the husbandry where it talked about crops. Sometimes he referred to us as sheep. You know, the flock of God, mm-hmm. all right? Then then you look at, sometimes it refers to us as a building like we're reading now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it refers to us as the olive tree. You know, like it's different things he refers to us as. So when you read these stories and read these things, you'll understand what he means by the spiritual message behind it. You know, and that's what we're, Lord's will, that we'll bring out here today, the spiritual message behind the building and the master building of this fire that's coming on this hay, stubble, wood, precious stone, gold, and silver, you know? This is an important message. Mm-hmm. All right? Read verse 13 and 14 together. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he has built, Thereupon he shall receive a reward So you're going to receive a reward When you read verse 14 If any man's work abide Which he shall built thereupon He shall receive a reward We just finished reading about About us laboring together One planteth, another watereth But God give the increase But them two is one The one that planted and water is as one They're going to receive their reward But from what we're reading here They'll receive their reward If that individual stays Right? Mm-hmm. From what we're reading now, they're going to receive that reward. If any man's work abide, which he have built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So if that lively stone abides and stays on the foundation of Christ, you're going to receive your reward. Just like the pastors before us, the evangelists before us, yeah. you know, the teachers before us, the apostles before us, man. Mm-hmm. They did the word of God. That's why they have a reward waiting, their crown of glory in Jesus Christ. Because we're out here to do a job. Yeah. This is our job. And we want to receive our crown. We want to receive our labor for our reward. And we ourselves want to be right in Christ. And that's going to talk about that too as we read a little bit further on down. Read verse 15. If any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. But, but hold up. There's, there's, Part of the building that's going to abide and stay, and you shall receive a reward. 
But now he's also saying on the flip side, there's going to be a part of, you know, of someone that's supposed to be built upon this lively stone that didn't actually stay, right? Yeah. And he lost his reward because of that, right? Well, that individual lost his reward, but the person that bought, that uh, bought him in still going to receive his reward. Yeah, he's going to receive his his kingdomship. He's still going to receive his reward as far as his works he did and the word that he taught out there. But the individual that actually was supposed to be coming in into that lively stone. That was supposed to remain, but didn't yeah, remain. That's that suffering loss. That's yeah. that part that's been burnt. So now when we go back on verse 12 and look at the gold, the silver, the precious stone, the wood, and the hay, and the stubble, now we got to understand what is this fire referring to? What is this fire referring to? So we're going to go to a couple of scriptures and we're going to come back to this. All right. First scripture I'm thinking of is Lamentations chapter four. We're going to go to a couple on this. All right. Lamentations chapter four. And we're going to read verse one and two. So Lamentations chapter four. We're going to start at verse one. All right. So we got to really understand that the word of God is real and that his word says what it says for a reason. And we, as the bodies of Christ, and also um, the messengers of Christ, we have to make sure that we're teaching repentance, right? Because the people will benefit from repenting because they become that lively stone. They have life because the word of God brings life. The words of Christ brings life. We talked about earlier about the dead works that that man of sin committing fornication or adultery, all right, someone that's a thief. Someone that's a hypocrite, you have to repent. Someone's in idolatry, you have to repent and become a new creature in Christ to become that lively stone. The scriptures say we got we got to lay that aside, get rid of that old man, become a new man in Christ to become that lively stone. All right. Read Lamentations four and one and two. How was the gold become dim? How was the most fine gold changed? The stones of the sanctuary are poured out. In the top of every street The precious Sons of Zion Compared to fine gold How are they esteemed As earthen pitchers The works of the hands of the potter So we just finished reading in uh, 1 Corinthians 3 about gold Yeah Being compared to as gold um, From that story that we're talking about About the lively stones And it was symbolically speaking That it's talking about individuals Right? So now we're reading here, who are the individuals that's compared to fine gold, brother? The sons of Zion. The sons of Zion, which is going right back to the children of Israel. We are the fine gold that the scripture talks about. But these these individuals have changed from being fine gold. Exactly. Because it says, how is the gold, this is Lamentations 4 and 1. Mm-hmm. It says, how is the, the um, gold become dim? Exactly. How is the most fine gold changed? Mm. The stones of the sanctuary are poured out in the top of every street. So when it talks about the stone of the sanctuary, it's talking about the gold. Mm-hmm. It's poured out in the tops of every street, which the top of the street is the street corners. Yeah, yeah. And another place in the scriptures, it talks about the, us hanging out in the street corners. Mm-hmm. They, um, they lie at the head of the streets. Now, verse 2 says, The precious sons of Zion compared to fine gold, 
how are they esteemed as earthen pitchers? Mm-hmm. Now, earthen pitchers isn't gold. No, it's not. So it changed from gold That's to something right. else. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not as valuable as it was at one time. No, it's not. Now, when that gold was dim, well, you know, when you look at gold being dim, now he's saying, how are we going? How has it been changed? Because at one particular time, it, it, it was shiny, sparkling, and it was great, and it was precious. The most fine gold. Yeah, the most fine gold, man. So there was no impurities in that gold. It was already burnt out. You see? Mm-hmm. So that's like the people out here today is referred to as those that we were talking about earlier about this world being in malice, being in, in guile, you know, being in deceit and trickery and subtile things of that nature, being evil speaking, hypocrites. That gold became them. That's the dim it's referring to. The earthen pictures it's referring to. If you look at urban, earthen pictures, it said the works of the hands of the potter. Mm-hmm. It's like something that you'll make, someone make with their hands, like a a, 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 a chunk of clay. Exactly. You know, a chunk of clay. You was once, once you were gold, now you're clay? Yeah, like, what the heck? You know, you're nothing. So what changed? What caused you to change? Mm-hmm. What made us precious gold was the commandments of the Most High. What made what made us dim and change from that is we turned away from the commandments. So we're no longer precious no more when we're not in the commandments. We're not. And then we become earthen pitchers. We become nothing. You know, we went from fine gold all the way to earthen pitchers, meaning nothing. Right back to that stubble. Right back to that wood and that hay. We're going to bring it all out. Let, let me go to Malachi real quick, dealing with this gold. Let's go to the book of Malachi. All right. The book of Malachi, and read, we're going to go to chapter 3. The book of Malachi, chapter 3, we're going to get right to the point. Last book of the Old Testament, book of Malachi, (laughs) chapter 3, get right to the point. Read verse 2. Yeah, read verse 2. Malachi 3 and 2. Mm-hmm. But who may abide the day of his coming? Talking about Jesus Christ, read on. And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refine a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. So he's referring to Christ as a refiner's fire. Well, it's going to explain itself. I don't want to jump ahead. Read, read verse three. It'll explain itself. And he shall sit as a ref, as a refiner and pure purifier of silver. Read on. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Yeah, so he's, he's explaining to us the purging process of that dim gold becoming fine gold again. Exactly. This is, this is what he's explaining to us according to the spiritual aspect of it. People got to understand that this is symbolically speaking, all right, that look at fine gold. How did it become fine? It had to go through a refining process. It had to go through fire that we read in 1 Corinthians 3 to be purged out. So when we talked about, talked about earlier about that old man being dead, all right, dying on a cross with Christ, that sinner, that fornicator, right, that murderer, that adulterer, that idolater was murdered on that cross. So that was the dim gold. 
How is it going to become changed right back into fine gold again? It has to be purified, brother, right? Yeah. And we have to go through Christ to be purified. He is the refiner. He is that fire. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to one more one more uh, point on that to back it up in the New Testament. Let's go to Titus chapter 2. The book of Titus. I, think we, I believe we went to this scripture too last week. Let's go to Titus chapter 2 and read verse 13. Titus chapter 2 and 13. Titus 2 and 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearance of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We can't wait for the Most High God, Jesus Christ, to show up. Those that believe in his coming and keeping his word faithfully. You know, read on. Who gave himself for us. He died for us, read on. That he might redeem us from all iniquity. What we just went into earlier, that he died, and when he died on that cross, our fornication spirit died up there. That hatred man died up there. Okay? That homosexual man died up there on that cross. That sinful man. Read on. And and purified unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Yeah, because he purified us right back to that purging process we just talked about. All right, in Lamentations and Malachi. All right, that purging process, that same thing. He's the refiner. That's the only way you're going to be purified is through that fire, meaning through the blood of Christ, meaning through that suffering in Christ that he suffered, right, that we talked about earlier, that purging process, because it hurts. When you were once a person out there selling drugs, it hurts not to sell drugs again. Then you finally overcome selling drugs. That's that purging process. Right? When you was an abuser, all right, and a person full of strife and always started fights and was a bully and always beat up people and murdered people, it's a purging process to stop doing that when somebody gets on your nerves. You want to put your hands on them. You're purging. That them gold has now becoming fine gold because of the process of the purifying of Christ. Now you become that what? Peculiar people. Yeah. Meaning that peculiar treasure that we talked that um, matter of fact, let me go to that. While you while you look for what you're looking for, I'm gonna read. Uh, we're gonna move on. I know we're killing it, but we we gotta go through it slowly. You know, I want to make sure it's a it's a nice lesson out there for those that are listening. This is Exodus chapter 19, verse five and six. I'm gonna read this. You can go ahead and find that. Exodus chapter 19, verse five. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant. Then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So that peculiar people that is talking about is talking about his treasure, going right back to his gold and his silver and precious stones all over again. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Right back to showing you that the children of Israel is his treasure, is his gold, is his silver, is his precious stone. Mm-hmm. And we're all being purified to become that precious building of the lively stones of the temple of God. You have a scripture you want to go to? Um, you didn't have this on first Peter. Oh, it doesn't matter. Let's go. Oh, we get the one else on uh, 
It don't matter. Anywhere. It don't matter. First Peter's uh one and six. Alright, first Peter's chapter one and we're gonna read verse six. Alright. It reads Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. So that heaviness through the temptation, because you were just saying that 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 when we going through our our lust, when we fighting against our lust, there's a temptation there that we that's trying to make us do something that we know we're not supposed to do. Exactly. We have to uh, abstain from. Mm-hmm. All right, we know that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that so, perish. So it's even more precious than gold. Yeah. But we know. Though it be tried with fire. Might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So that tribe with fire is, is that temptation. Exactly. That you're fighting, that you're going through. Mm-hmm. That's why when you go to, I'm going to read this in um, Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, uh, 2 and 5 says, For gold is tried in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of adversity. So it's, it's, the, it's the same example as the gold being tried, being purged, is the same way we being purged. Exactly. That's all yeah, but that's beautiful. Let's go. Let's go to First Corinthians, right? Let's go right back to First Corinthians chapter three and read verse twelve. Now, if any man builds upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, so we dealt with the gold, silver, and precious stones already. That's what we just dealt with. Mm-hmm. Now let's deal with the latter part of it. Read wood, hay, stubble. So. What is the wood and the hay and the stubble going into? When we stop, when we jump down to verse fifteen, read verse fifteen. If man, if any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss, but he shall himself be saved, yet so as by fire. Because even that individual that's teaching this word of God, though though that man might be planting the word, though if that might man be might be watering the word. <laughs> He himself still got to go through fire too, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So no matter what, that fire is there because that purging process must be there. But what is it that fire could destroy and not purge? Go ahead. Well, we read how the fire can purge gold. Yeah. It can purge silver. Mm-hmm. But can the fire purge wood? That's the whole point. Now let's go to Matthews. We're going to deal with this. Let's go to Matthews. Chapter 13. Should I I go to 13 first? No. Let's not go to 13 first. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3 first. All right. All praises. Matthew chapter 3 and read verse. You know what? (laughs) You know what, brother? Start at verse 5. Let's bring this out. We got a little bit of time. Start at verse 5 on this one. All right. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 3. And we're going to read verse 5. Matthew 3 and 5. Yep. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So this is talking about John the Baptist, right? When he was baptizing. All right. Read on. But when... He saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism. 
He said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You know? Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. <laughs> so the reason why I went to this scripture, right, just to show you that individuals out here are really faking the funk in the house of God, right? Yeah. Because they act like they're godly. They act like they're about God. They might even be top individuals that are in the church of God or part of the structure of churches out here. But yet, are they bringing forth fruit, meat for repentance? Are they really sincere in the work, in the will of God to repent and to purge out the things that's inside of them? Not all of them. Not everybody. Not everybody. But that's the whole point that John's bringing out right here. Because when you read, read verse 6 one more time. Well, read verse 5 and 6 one more time. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Because they were sincere, confessing their sins, right? Yeah. All right. So they were getting rid of, just like the man that hit, hit his breast, hit his chest and called himself a sinner. Please forgive me. I'm a sinner, God. Mm-hmm. All right. Because he was sincere of wanting to change and he wanted to be forgiven and have mercy while he was going through that Persian process. You see? Mm-hmm. And these are the things that these men were coming with as they came to John the Baptist. You understand? Mm-hmm. So this is what the world got to understand what the scriptures are saying. Read on. Read verse uh, seven. seven. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, mm-hmm. he said unto them, O generation of vipers. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Because the wrath that's going to come is judgment, condemnation. Because those that think they could keep committing idolatry, you think you're not going to be judged for that? Those that's out here committing fornication and adultery, especially in these churches too, and put Christ's name up there, you think you're not going to be judged for that? Bring forth um, fruit, meat for repentance. You will be judged according to the scriptures. You can't flee from this. You can't flee from the wrath of the Most High God because that's what a lot of people are doing in these churches. They're fleeing from homosexualities. Why? They're fleeing from someone being gay or lesbian because they're saying that God's going to accept it anyway. They're even in the churches, some of them teaching that are homosexuals. All right? And people are being exposed, some of these pastors that are homosexuals. And that scripture is beautiful because it's showing you the way you flee from the wrath to come is by repenting. Exactly. And you got to bring fruits, meat, meaning fruits that are right for repentance, by meaning that you got to do the works of repentance. Mm-hmm. You can't just come in to, come to the baptism saying you're going to be born again and not doing what you're supposed to do as a repentant person. Just like the churches today jumping themselves into the pool of water saying that they repent. Are they bringing forth fruit, meat for repentance? If they're truly not changing on being a fornicator, but yet they dove into that water being baptized in front of everybody. That's nothing. You're just a wet repenter, a, a yeah. wet sinner. Yeah, a wet sinner, a wet fornicator, a wet murderer, a wet <laughs> whatever it is you are, you're just wet. But when we read this now, as we see what the scriptures are saying, this is what John the Baptist was dealing with when they came over there. Mm-hmm. You just want to get wet, but you really ain't bringing forth fruit, meat for repentance. You're not, you're not ready to become that fine gold. No, you're not. Or the fine silver. No, you're not. Read on, brother. You're still an earthen pitcher. Exactly. Read verse 8. Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. Read on. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. 
For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Well, I'm going to speed this up. Just like we got these Israelite sects out here today mm-hmm. that, that say that they're Israelites and they come from the seed of Abraham. Does that have any face value whatsoever? Well, he's talking to the Israelites and he's telling these Israelites if they don't bring forth fruit for repentance, that they're not going to flee from the wrath to come. So it doesn't matter what your nationality is. I mean, it matters what your nationality is. Don't get it twisted as far as being that seed of God, but bringing forth fruit, meat for repentance. You got to do the work. We got to do the work. But just because you of that lineage and you of that, that, that glorious bloodline, you automatically don't have the key to the kingdom of heaven. If you out there striving, if you out there blaspheming the word of God, all right, if you out there trying to be glorified by men and not glorify the most high God through Jesus Christ in spirit and truth, I don't give a darn if you was Abraham yourself. You are not going to make it to the kingdom of God. So read verse 10. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the tree. Right back to the wood that we talked about, the wood, the hay, and the stubble. Read it again. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the tree. Read. Therefore every tree which bring forth, which bring not forth good fruit, is you down and cast into the fire. Right back to that fire. Right back to that wood. Because mm-hmm. he's trying to tell these 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 so-called Israelites, right? That listen, man, I don't care if you are Israelite, you that wood. You that wood that I got the axe and cut that tree down and I put it into the fire and burn. I hewn down and burn. I cut you down because you didn't come with, with fruit, meat for repentance. You don't really want to stop fornicating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just pretending to be an Israelite, but you really don't want to stop committing fornication. You just want to break down nationality. That, in history, you don't want to stop fornicating. You're that wood. You're that stubble, you're that hay that's going to be put in that fire. You fake Israelites out there that's out here not teaching the word of God and spirit and truth, this is that fire that's meant for you. Read on. Read verse 11 all the way down to 12 so we can move on. Verse 11. Mm-hmm. I indeed baptize you with fire. I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Matthew 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water. Unto repentance But he that cometh after me Is mightier than I Whose shoes I am not Worthy to bear He shall baptize you with The Holy Spirit and with fire Whose fan Is in his hand And he will duly purge his floor And gather his wheat into The gardener But he will burn up the chaff With unquenchable fire Right back to that fire again Right back to what we, you know, when you see the parable about the wheat and the chaff and about the chaff and the wheat has to be separate because the chaff isn't worth anything, it's going to be put into that fire. That's right back into that stubble. It's right back into the same thing. No different than the farmers today when they go farming, right? Mm -hmm. And when they get all the crops they need, there's stubble left over. from Just like you got stalks that are left over, like a stalk of corn. When they take off the corn, there's stalks left. Parts, like you look at a flower, you see the stem of it or whatever, the stalk of it, but it's not the flower. You understand what I'm saying? So that stalk has to be taken, it's stubble, and they put it into fire. It's no good. They can't use it because they took the food already off of it. It's the same thing with the wheat. They take the wheat, they separate it with the chaff, and they take the chaff and they put it aside and they burn it. But they take the wheat 
the wheat's referred to the children of Israel, and it's going into the barn, meaning to the kingdom. But the chaff, what? What's going to happen with the chaff? It's going to be burnt. Burnt, because it's talking about those that ain't meet for repentance, faking the funk, but ain't really ready to turn from their evil and wicked ways. Let's go to Matthew 13 and read verse. We don't have time to read the whole thing, so let's get right to the point. Read verse 30, Matthew 13 and 30. That both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest, I will say to the to the re, uh, reapers, gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Right back to the same kind of like story, the parable. Right back to the same thing. Look at it spiritually. You'll see that we are the wheat, and the wicked individuals are the tares. The wheat is referring to the children of God. Right, being that building, being that husbandry, you know, being that building together in Christ. But those that are outside of that are the tears which are going to be burnt up. Going right back to First Corinthians three, so we can end it. Go to First Corinthians three and read uh read verse twelve all the way down to seventeen. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, Wood, hay, stubble. Read. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Mm -hmm. If any man's work abide which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwell in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So the bottom line is, we are the temple of God, and we are lively stones are the building of God. Let me ask you a yeah, question too. Um, how do we defile the temple of God? By by not following his word, by not following the word of God. And so, we go into sin and we defile it, grieving so, the Holy yeah. Spirit. Go ahead. So basically sin defiles the temple of God. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Sin defiles. So if you're a fornicator, you defile the temple of God. Just like in First Corinthians 5 where Paul talked about get rid of that fornicator that's among you. Because it's defiling the temple of God. Exactly. It's going exactly. to destroy the temple of God. And the whole temple could be destroyed by that one individual. So that's not. So we have we have a precious temple being hit, built with lively stones, and that one stone is not a lively stone. No, it's a dead stone. It's not a precious stone. No, it's not of gold and of silver and a precious stone. No. So <laughs> it must be of hay or something else. Hay, stubble, and we hope not to be of that hay and stubble in the last days. I tell you that now. That's yeah. why through the mercy and the gracious Lord, right now through that mercy. To become that lively stone, to be accepted, and and to be laid, and for that foundation of Christ to be laid, and the lively stones built upon it, it's a beautiful thing to even have that door open for us to become that lively stone, because we were supposed to be dead. Yeah. To to partake of the body of Christ, that's a hell of a title. Yeah, and even those out here that teach this word of God, you know, we have to always keep in mind and remembrance. 
that at any given time, if we don't do what's according to the scriptures, the scriptures said we still got to go through that fire. <laughs> so if that purging process don't take place, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to be burnt just like that stubble and that hay, you know what I'm saying, and that wood that we just went through. And we don't want to be that when Christ shows up on the scene. Because do we want to become that fine, precious gold? Or we, do we want to become that gold that's dim and then turn into earth and pitches? Because the scriptures, the scriptures, the beautiful thing about the scriptures is showing us that everything in that temple is going to be tried with fire. Exactly. Everything. So in order for us to survive the trial with fire, we have to be a precious stone. Which is which is the fire is what's going to cleanse us exactly. into being more precious of a stone. But the fire is going to burn impurities. those yeah the impurities. Mm-hmm. And the impurities are sin. Sin is the impurity. Exactly. You, you want know. to bring out something? Because um, we only got a minute. But while you find that, but I'll just speak while you find that, and you just jump in. But it's important for us to really understand what we're dealing with. And it's our sin that we're dealing with. And that everything about the flesh is wicked. And we got to change our ways and examine ourselves if we're in the faith or not. Know you not that Christ is in you and dwelling you. So if we want to be in the temple of God and be part of that temple in the lively stones, we have to be purified through the refiner, which is Christ. You know, and uh, Lord's will that everybody look at themselves and keep it real with themselves and don't fake the funk like those that came to be baptized you know, <laughs> and just because they say they was of Abraham, they thought they had some right to be in the kingdom. You know, it takes it takes more than that, brothers and sisters, just because you know and acknowledge you of Israel, you know, and might even have proof of the bloodline, which we can't prove. But some people think they could take DNA and prove it, but it's not so, you know. But all I know is this, is that through repentance is how we know we are. We are the children of God, man. We got to change our lives. Through Jesus Christ. Then you have those that um that think that they can just say I believe in Christ and automatically got it, and they automatically in, you know I believe in Christ, and that's it. With that, we say shalom, and we hope we hope that everybody been edified today through the spirit of uh, the Most High God through Jesus Christ. Yeah, we thank everybody for tuning in, and um we hope that uh you got a good understanding from the show and uh. May the most high Christ bless you.